I'm delighted to welcome a new supporting sponsor to the local government news roundup family. It's Ventio, a leading essential infrastructure services provider, redefining service excellence for communities across Australia and New Zealand. Ventio is operating at over 400 sites and with a large and diverse workforce of over 35,000. They specialise in the long-term operation, maintenance and management of critical public and private assets and infrastructure across a broad range of industry segments, including defence and social infrastructure, infrastructure services, telecommunications and transport. For local government, Ventia specialises in the end-to-end delivery of open space management, soft and hard facilities management, street cleansing, minor capital works and much more. Ventia brings capability in whole-of-life asset management and robust use of data for better decision-making for their clients. Ventia, making infrastructure work sustainably for our communities. Head to ventia.com to find out more. up today on the local government news roundup school crossing supervisor safety concerns after a fatality in Wodonga Melbourne City Council facing criticism over renaming plans tensions at a regional council meeting over the Gaza conflict an innovative pilot program targeting sexual health in rural communities a Sydney Council backtracks on waste collection frequency after complaints a council CEO announces retirement and a court asked to void a council election result in Adelaide. All that and more coming up on the Local Government News Roundup. Hello, I'm Chris Eddy, back with another curated selection of news from and about councils across Australia and beyond. The podcast is brought to you by the Victorian Local Governance Association, the national broadcaster on all things local government, with support from Davidson, the nationally recognised local government recruitment and business advisory service. The death of a school crossing supervisor while on duty in Wodonga on Friday has prompted tributes and safety concerns. The Border Mail reports today on the death of Brian Beach after being hit by a sedan at a crossing on Melrose Drive that has been the subject of criticism since 2010. Melrose Drive is a state road and Wodonga Council provides a crossing supervisor. There is no 40 kilometre per hour limit at the crossing during morning and afternoon school crossing times as it is not directly outside a school campus. Mr Beach began working as a crossing supervisor in January last year. It's believed to be the first fatality of a supervisor while on duty since the commencement of the state program in 1975. The City of Melbourne's plan to prioritise Aboriginal language names and historically significant women in the naming or renaming of places has faced criticism, with 61.3% of survey respondents opposing the idea and just 33.2% in favour. The Herald Sun reports today that the Council's analysis of community feedback resulted in a view that no particular culture, gender or demographic group should be prioritised and the connection to the local area should be a key factor in naming decisions. There was strong support for locals to vote on new name options, with 74% willing to participate in a poll. The report will be considered at a council meeting tomorrow. 
Question time at a recent City of Greater Bendigo Council meeting reportedly became heated after several questions came from the public gallery about the conflict in Gaza. According to a report from the Bendigo Times, CEO Andrew Cooney said that the council would not be commenting on the matter. He said the situation was outside the council's control and best left to the federal government and international entities to resolve. Ararat Rural City Council has decided not to renew its membership with the Western Bulldogs Youth Leadership Program this year, citing the program's lack of geographic reach and inconsistency. The Ararat Advertiser reported that the council is seeking a new youth program that is better tailored to their broader community. The council's CEO, Dr Tim Harrison, is expected to present an alternative program at the next council meeting. Macedon Rangers Shire Council has launched a new online engagement hub, Your Say, to improve community feedback on key council policies or initiatives. The hub will host surveys, interactive maps, Q&As, forums and more, allowing the public to view and comment on current consultations. The initiative supports the council's strategic priority to enhance customer experience and ensure transparency in community consultation. Several policies and initiatives are set for public consultation, including ROMs skate park designs, draft complaint and unreasonable behaviour policy, a draft special charge scheme policy and a draft fair access policy. The rural city of Wangaratta and the University of Melbourne's Department of Rural Health have collaborated on an innovative pilot program to address barriers to sexual and reproductive health care in rural communities. The program features a vending machine that dispenses free and confidential tests for chlamydia, gonorrhea and HIV, aiming to overcome challenges such as transportation, cost, waiting times and confidentiality concerns. The Council believes the success of the initiative could lead to similar programs across regional Victoria. And Brimbank Council, in collaboration with the Department of Transport and Planning, is implementing no-trucks zones in selected residential areas to improve safety and reduce noise. The restrictions, which are effective immediately, allow only trucks with specific reasons like construction or deliveries to enter. Mayor Ranka Rasik said the roads in question are not shortcuts or designated for heavy vehicle use. They're roads for the community to use. The zones are enforced by the National Heavy Vehicle Regulator and breaches can be reported to the Heavy Vehicle Confidential Reporting Line. In the Victorian briefs, a new bus tour has been launched in Hobson's Bay, offering locals and tourists a chance to explore the area's maritime history, parklands, beaches and foodie hotspots. The tour runs every Tuesday and Saturday until April, with different lunch stops depending on the day. The City of Ballarat has launched the program for the 72nd annual Ballarat Begonia Festival. The event on the Labor Day weekend in March is set to draw thousands of people with a full program of activities, entertainment, food, flowers and fun. The City of Melton is inviting its residents to provide feedback on the Melton Employment and Industrial Land Strategy, a long-term plan aimed at boosting local jobs and fostering economic growth. The initiative aims to leverage the city's abundant commercial and industrial land, population growth and state and federal government infrastructure investment. And public submissions open this month for ward boundary reviews for 10 Victorian councils. Reviews commence next week for Borbore, Bass Coast, South Gippsland and Wellington, followed in subsequent weeks by Loddon, Murrindindi and Pyrenees, then Borondara, Greater Dandenong and Cardinia. Outcomes from last year's electoral structure reviews of 39 councils are yet to be announced. 
You're listening to the Local Government News Roundup. It's episode 302, recorded on the 5th of February 2024. If you're listening on Google Podcasts, you may not be aware that that platform is going away soon. Google Podcasts is being replaced by YouTube Podcasts. And our program has recently become available on that platform, hopefully to help you make a seamless transition. Now to the National Roundup, and Inner West Council in Sydney is reverting to weekly waste collection from fortnightly collection after complaints about smelly bins and flies. ABC News and others have reported on the changes, which will allow residents to opt in to have their general waste bin collected weekly at no extra cost. The change to the fortnightly collection coincided with the rollout of food and organic waste bins, which are collected weekly. Despite the complaints, the council noted the new system has diverted 5,900 tonnes of organic waste from landfill, equivalent to taking 7,000 cars off the road for a year. Deborah Just, the CEO of Willoughby City Council, has announced her retirement after a 25-year career in local government. As Willoughby CEO since 2015, Deborah has been praised for her prudent financial management and for fostering a positive organisational culture. Her retirement is set for next month, after which she plans to return to her family in Adelaide. Following a review, Maitland City Council has unanimously approved a new enhanced organisational structure proposed by its recently appointed General Manager, Jeff Smith. The changes aim to align more closely with the Maitland Plus 10 Community Strategic Plan, improve the Council's financial position and ensure resources are coordinated effectively. The restructure results in a net reduction of four management roles, with five departments in place of the previous seven. Wagga Wagga City Council has resolved to participate in a state government trial using artificial intelligence to process development applications, according to a report in the Daily Advertiser. The AI pilot project, funded with $5.6 million from the state budget, aims to expedite decision-making, compliance checking and workflow efficiencies. Despite concerns about AI causing job redundancies, the Council believes the technology will enhance their capabilities, allowing staff to focus on creating creative tasks rather than paperwork and regulatory issues. In Queensland, the state government has announced new initiatives to increase access to land and encourage housing development, including social and affordable housing. They'll invest $350 million in a statewide infrastructure fund to stimulate private market-feasible infill development. A ground lease model pilot will be introduced to unlock more social and affordable housing on surplus government land. LGAQ CEO Alison Smith responded to the announcement on the weekend, stating that Queensland councils have proposed solutions to the housing crisis and are eager to see the details of the government's plan. She welcomed infrastructure charges relief, but called for more assistance, including relief for greenfield development charges. The LGAQ supports inclusionary zoning pilots, but opposes a mandatory approach. Sunshine Coast Council has endorsed a proposal to provide a 100% rebate on standard council infrastructure charges to community organisations that deliver affordable housing until 2028. The rebate, which could significantly reduce development costs, supports the Council's Housing and Homelessness Action Plan. Sunshine Coast News reports that the rebate applies to all forms of affordable housing provided by registered entities that meet the eligibility criteria of the newly adopted changes to the Council's rebate policy. 
Bundaberg Regional Council is seeking state government support for a business case to investigate the feasibility of a new up to 10,000 seat stadium. The Mayor, Jack Dempsey, argues that the stadium is overdue given the region's booming population and economic growth and points out that neighbouring regions with smaller populations have larger stadiums. He said potential benefits include increased tourism, job opportunities and local business activity. The council will contribute 50% of the cost towards a business case and is seeking funding from the state government for the other half. To South Australia, the Electoral Commissioner Mick Sherry has defended his oversight of the disputed 2022 Adelaide City Council Central Ward election, which was marred by allegations of a voter scam. It led to the rejection of 23 ballots over suspicions they were not returned by the residents whose names were on the voting slips. Former City Councillor Alex Hyde, who narrowly lost the election, petitioned the Court of Disputed Returns to declare the election void, alleging illegal practices and voter harvesting. Sherry, who was cross-examined in court last week, confirmed that the investigation into the matter remains open and ongoing, according to a report from InDaily. From Tasmania, Devonport City Council has agreed to sell part of a council-owned site to Indy Education, paving the way for a $15 million three-storey development as part of the Living City Initiative. The project, which includes the demolition of an old library building to create space for retail, commercial and residential opportunities, is fully funded by Indy Education. Construction is set to commence before the end of the year, with the new building expected to open in 2026. Mayor Alison Jarman said this significant development marks a new chapter for Devonport. Indy Education's investment in our city not only benefits our local economy, but also supports diverse educational opportunities for our youth. And to Western Australia, despite claims of strong community support, the Western Australian government is reportedly set to scrap a scheme to protect mature trees on private properties in Perth. Last year, the Netherlands and South Perth councils voted to require landowners to seek approval before cutting down large trees. However, the Planning Minister John Kerry has decided to reject the scheme amendment that would give effect to the new rules, according to ABC News. Mr Kerry says no official decision has been made, but a broader greening strategy is being developed by the government that would seek to respect the rights of private property owners. He also suggested that Nedlands Council had skewed the data about the level of support for the scheme. Critics argue that the government is prioritising housing developments over tree protection. Perth has the least tree canopy of any Australian capital city. And the development of a 122-room resort at Kalgoorlie Golf Course has stalled despite a $10 million commitment from the city of Kalgoorlie Boulder. That's according to a report from ABC News. The Double Tree by Hilton project has faced ongoing delays over six years. The city has completed earthworks and connected services as part of its commitment, but the state of the WA construction industry has cast doubt over the project. The quarterly report to the council last week described the project as on hold and off track. But both parties have since reaffirmed their commitment to the project, saying they're eager to commence before the end of the year. More council news in brief. From Logan City Council, mowing crews and a dozen volunteers from other departments are working overtime to tackle rapid grass growth in local parks, footpaths and road reserves due to recent weather conditions. An expanded mowing schedule is being rolled out alongside the council's staged Christmas Day storm cleanup program, which is continuing across impacted streets in the city's south. 
Launceston Mayor Matthew Garwood and Tasmania's Minister for Stadia and Events Nick Street have signed a new stadium agreement. The Examiner reports that the MOU was signed yesterday, demonstrating commitment to attracting more events to the Utah Stadium under a new management model. Stadiums Tasmania will take over the running of the venue from the Council and the MOU details intentions to attract international events to the stadium on top of AFL and AFLW games. And West Arnhem Regional Council has appointed Andrew Walsh as its new Chief Executive Officer. Walsh has previously served in East Arnhem and will commence his role on the 4th of March. Now on the Local Government News Roundup, it's time for the International Spotlight. Starting today in South Korea, where more than 28% of Seoul Metropolitan Council employees have witnessed or experienced workplace sexual harassment, according to a Ministry of Gender Equality and Family report released on Sunday. The Korea Herald reported that the council scored higher than the government organisation average in negative perception towards victims. Most harassment was verbal, often occurring at work dinners or official events, primarily perpetrated by superiors. In response, the Council says it will implement guidelines to prevent sexual harassment and violence, establish a hotline for victims and enforce a strict no-tolerance policy with heavy penalties for offenders. A recent poll reveals that about two-thirds of Americans believe their property tax rates are too high, with 69% considering them unfair. The highest rates are in New Jersey, Illinois and New Hampshire, while the lowest are in Hawaii, Alabama and Colorado. Republicans are more likely than Democrats to view property taxes as too high. Newsweek reported that 36% of respondents believe the value of services received from taxes is poor, and only 41% have confidence in their local government's responsible use of tax money. To the UK and localgov.co.uk reports that Kent County Council is considering over 180 redundancies and a reduction of over 25 full-time posts as part of a move to transform services and deliver savings. The changes will impact the open access teams in the Children, Young People and Education Directorate and reduce youth services to accommodate the government's family hubs. The council estimates the reforms could save £7 million. From BBC News, a report that Liverpool City Council will have to repay millions to the government after failing to meet a job creation target for a waterfront regeneration project. The council blames a car park fire for the failure to create hundreds of jobs at King's Dock. The council had received £25 million from the government in 2012 for an employment scheme, which was expanded to include King's Dock in 2016. The council will now repay £4 million of the original allocation, despite being almost 70% below the jobs target. And the winners of the World Mayor Prize and Awards were announced last week with exceptional mayors honoured from across the globe. Tony Keats, the Mayor of Dover, Newfoundland and Labrador in Canada, has been awarded the 2023 World Mayor Community Award for extraordinary service to his community since 1996. Mayor Stefan Fassbender of Griefswald in Germany was awarded the Friendship Award for cooperation with and support of communities in Ukraine, Poland and Brazil. Brazil. A mayoral jury award went to Mayor Manuel de Araujo for his defence of democratic values in Mozambique.
Mozambique. And the major honour, the 2023 World Mayor Prize, was awarded to Elke Carr, Mayor of Graz in Austria, for selfless dedication to her city and its people. Her decision to share a large part of her salary with people in need is said to have attracted worldwide admiration. The World Mayor Project was established in 2004, with awards presented every two years. And that brings us to the end of another journey around the wide, wonderful world of local government. This edition recorded on the 5th of February 2024 and brought to you by the Victorian Local Governance Association with Fast Track coming up on March 15 and from Davidson Recruitment and Business Advisory Services for Local Government. You can find links to the stories referenced in the episode and a full transcript at lgnewsroundup.com. That's also where you'll find the latest breaking news updates and learn how you can support the Roundup by becoming a subscriber through a small monthly contribution, which you can cancel at any time. The Local Government News Roundup is recorded in the city of Greater Geelong, Victoria, on the land of the Wadawurrung people of the Kulin Nation. Until next time, thanks for listening and bye for now. Local Government News Roundup is proudly supported by Davidson. For 30 years, Davidson has been strengthening the local government sector by identifying and providing the people, expertise and experience that local government needs to enhance its capability, productivity and performance. Davidson is nationally recognised for its executive recruitment services and over the past four years has built a business advisory practice rapidly evolving into one of the nation's foremost and trusted local government business consultancy firms. The Davidson methodology and approach is simple. Thinking beyond now and aiming to be a valued partner with your local government, not just for the immediate project, but for the next 30 years. Speak to Justin Hanney or Seamus Scanlon to find out more or head to davidsonwp.com.au. Davidson, your future, your partner.